the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is. And a good morning to you. Seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock and we're rolling on AM 1420. The answer. It is a Thursday, the fourth morning of the 11th month of the year of our Lord 2021. Really appreciate you being here. We're loaded today. We're packed up. Not a ton of time for calls, but make your own way. That's all I can tell you. As I uh, often use the analogy, the uh, old baseball analogy, hit it where they ain't. That's what you got to do. Find out where there ain't a guest today. I gotta hate using that as an English teacher. I used to I used to scold my kids whenever they would say ain't or write ain't. But it's a baseball euphemism, so there it is. Hit them where they ain't, and guess what? Call when they ain't. If they ain't an interview on, call before or between or after those interviews. That's the best way for you to approach it today if you would love to chat and be heard. 216-901-0945 is the number to do that. 888 Coming up on the program at 935, Pastor Chris Long, Ohio Christian Alliance, will join us. Pastor Chris Long and team are going to be presenting in Wadsworth tonight, uh, a very important event talking about religious exemptions from COVID-19 vaccine mandates. If you are in one of those positions because of your employer, because of your school, because of whatever that is mandating um, one of these uh, big pharma profit shots and you are opposed to it on religious grounds, how do you make that stick? How do you win that argument? There's going to be an important informational evening tonight hosted by Chris and the Ohio Christian Alliance along with State Representative Scott Wiggum talking about what it would take and perhaps some strategy on how you can win with your religious exemption to getting the big pharma profit shot. So that's coming up at 9.35 at 10.10 as it is a uh, Thursday. We'll talk to Dr. Everett Piper, as we do each and every Thursday at that time. Dr. Piper has been kicked off of Facebook now two different times. And for what? 
What did he do that was so egregious that violated Facebook's community standards? He quoted Terry McAuliffe and Barack Obama. <laughs> that's, uh, <laughs> that's real. That's real. When you quote people who are celebrated by Facebook, but you are not celebrated because you're a very, very outspoken conservative voice, um, you get banned for using their words. It's incredible. We're going to talk to Dr. Piper about that, among other things, at 10. Uh, 10. And then at 10.35, we're going to bring Mark Pukita on. Mark is um, kind of, I don't want to, it, it might sound insulting to call him a fringe candidate. He's not a fringe candidate. He's not one of the best known candidates. I'll phrase it that way. In this uh, Senate fight, in the primary fight, you know the names of Mandel and Vance and Moreno and Gibbons and uh, who else, Dolan and maybe Timken. You know the names um, of, uh, of all of those candidates. I hope I didn't just skip over somebody. I'm sure I did. There's just too many of them. But anyway, Mark Pekit is one of them, and we're going to bring him on, not necessarily as a campaign visit, but Mark um, uh, posted something on his Facebook page last night that I saw this morning that I wanted to talk to him about. Uh, And what he posted was, I learned firsthand this morning that Ohio, so I guess he posted it this morning, that Ohio Health is more concerned about being woke than following science or treating parents. They're a facade. I'm sorry, treating patients. I can't read sometimes. Patients, not parents. They're a facade. I wanted to find out more about what he meant on that, and he went on to say that this is about the mandates in general, vax mandates in general, and how uh, health centers are treating their employees and their patients. So we're going to talk to Mark about that because it's extraordinarily important. As our lead story of the day today is going to be the forced um, experimentation on children in Ohio and around the country. I didn't misspeak. The forced experimentation on children that is exactly what has been greenlit and has begun so we're going to talk about that but first let's talk about our allegiance to our country patriots please stand please face the flag if you have one put your hand on your heart and join us in the recitation of our pledge of allegiance as we do at the top of each and every show if you are a forced vaxxer if you are a vaccine proponent if you are a part of the pfizer biontech uh, fda cabal we know you don't believe in liberty or freedom anyway so go ahead and feel free to take a knee along with your friend colin we don't really need you here i pledge allegiance to the flag of the united states of america and to the republic for which it stands one nation under god indivisible with liberty and justice for all i'm uh, looking at a headline in a uh, lorraine county newspaper now and i don't feel like giving them free advertising by saying the name doesn't matter headline kids vax popular county stocked up on child-sized doses Hundreds of local parents made a mad dash to sign up their children for COVID-19 vaccines late Tuesday as news broke that Pfizer doses for ages 5 to 11 have been given emergency authorization. We are already vaccinating kids, Lorraine County Health Commissioner David Covell said Wednesday morning. We had a vaccine in storage, or we had vaccine in storage, so we've already begun that process. So it begins, the experimentation on children, and apparently parents are all too willing to let their children be lab rats, to let their children be guinea pigs, to let their children be the um, 
uh, be the subjects of complete unknown re- uh, side effects and ramifications of a very, very powerful vaccine that is already hurting millions of Americans, at the very least hundreds of thousands of Americans. According to the VAERS reporting system, which is a, uh, which is a service of the CDC and the federal government, there have been around 17,000 deaths of adults from uh, the vaccines and over 800,000 uh, serious injuries or hospitalizations. That's what's happening to adults with this big pharma profit jab that is not actually a vaccine. And now they want to put it into your kids' arms. What will happen when you give it to kids? The answer is, we don't know. And that's not my answer. I have been beating this drum ever since I heard this answer from the FDA uh, about a week and a half ago. And I will continue to beat this drum because I want everybody to know exactly what is happening here. The FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, which is responsible for deciding whether or not this emergency authorization is going to go through, said when debating that and having their vote that they don't know how safe this will be for kids. And they're not going to know. Until when? Until when? That's the question. And I want to give you the answer. But we're never going to learn about how safe the vaccine is unless we start giving it. Yeah, that's just the way it goes. Unless what? Vaccine is unless we start giving it. When? Vaccine is unless we start giving it. When? Vaccine is unless we start giving it. When? Unless we start giving it. Yeah. We'll not know how safe the vaccine is unless we start giving it. That's just the way it goes. The cavalier dismissal of potential serious side effects and adverse reactions of little children ages 5 to 11 is just bone chilling. That's what the FDA said. And yet here we are with a, the approval under emergency authorization ready to jam needles into the arms of children. What's going to happen the FDA is waiting with bated breath to find out, too, because they said we just don't know. And, well, that's just the way it goes. We'll find out after we start giving it to them. And Lord only knows how many parents are, like the willing, scared sheep that they are, flocking to get in line to jam this experiment into their kids' arms, to turn their kids into science fair experiments. And that's, it. that's all this is. That's literally all this is. Why? Would a parent who cares about their child's welfare run to get in line at the Pfizer butcher factory, at the Pfizer slaughterhouse? Why would they run to put their kids in that line? And the answer is they have had at least 12 to 15 months, maybe 17, 18 months now, of fear-mongering of terrifying news coming from the CDC, coming from the Surgeon General, from the FDA, from big pharma profiteers, from Pfizer and Moderna and Johnson and others. They've been terrified. Your kids are going to die, and if they don't die, they're going to kill you. And if they don't kill you, they're going to kill grandma and grandpa because these little disease-carrying rodents are, are, are going to be just infested with coronavirus. That's why you better strap those diapers to their faces. Don't let them breathe on you. 
Don't let them pull it down to cough. Don't let them pull it down to get some of the mucus that is collecting inside of it right outside of their lips out of it. Keep that on. Keep those little disease-ridden urchins away from you until we can make them disease-free by jamming experimental toxins into their bodies to find out what happens next. That's the way it's got to be. But we're never going to learn about how safe the vaccine is unless we start giving it. Yeah, that's just the way it goes. And that's just the way it goes. And that's just the way Joe Biden likes it. Joe Biden yesterday doing a little bit of a press conference. I'm amazed that he stayed awake during it. But Joe Biden yesterday wanted to make sure that you knew that the vaccine for kids is a huge, huge breakthrough in the fight against COVID-19. That's the average. And one more thing. Vaccinating our children will help us keep our schools open, keep our kids in the classroom, learning, socializing with their classmates and teachers. I think every reporter in this room who has a child understands the difference of a child going to school and having to learn from home. Yes, yeah, the and, and, the, and, and yet, and yet, creepy, sleepy Brandon, you and your administration have continued to, uh, to uh, support remote learning and continue to support, if they are in person, six-foot distancing and masking, stunting the emotional, intellectual, and, uh, and um, um, social growth of the children by making them hide their faces from their teachers and their teachers from their, from their uh, students. Kids can't be near one another. Now you're going to tell us that we need to put unknown toxins with unknown reactions into their little arms and thus into their little hearts and into other organs of their body. We have no idea how they're going to react. This is what has to happen in order to keep these schools open. Are you kidding? Headlines, Vax Cleared for Kids is major breakthrough in fight against coronavirus. How can this be a major breakthrough in the fight against coronavirus if children are not a major carrier or major uh, uh, population, a demographic of people impacted by coronavirus? How can the Food and Drug Administration grant emergency authorization to pseudo-vaccines, to Pfizer profit shots, and that's all they are. Profit, 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 profit. Pfizer, in my estimation, is no better than a domestic terrorist organization. Hell, they know what they're doing. They admit it when they don't think cameras are running. In fact, they actually check. You're not wearing a wire, are you, when Project Veritas uh, undercover reporters confront them? You're not wearing a wire, are you? Because the reality is, I feel like I'm working for an evil corporation that puts profit above health. Everything we do in our organization is run on COVID dollars now, said the Pfizer veteran scientists. Pfizer is a dangerous, dangerous, dangerous organization. And the FDA grants emergency authorization to this big profit shot from Pfizer for a population that is not suffering an emergency. The number of children who, who are healthy children, who are not sick children, and thus much more, um, uh, not even much more, a little more liable to be impacted by COVID, but among healthy children, 28 38 million, whatever the number of, of children ages 5 to 11 are, 
Less than 1% of them actually ever get COVID. Less than that get hospitalized. Less than that have actually died from COVID. In fact, I don't know if there's a record of a healthy child getting COVID and dying. I don't know if there's a record of one healthy child getting COVID and dying. Children with other illnesses, underlying conditions, in a very, very tiny number have, but in nowhere near enough numbers to warrant the use of the word emergency for children. More children are dying right now today, proportionally, from pneumonia and from influenza than are from COVID-19 in healthy kids. Period. Those numbers are not disputable. They're not debatable. Is there an emergency being declared for children because of pneumonia? No. Is there an emergency being declared for children because of influenza? No. But there's an emergency that's been declared for children, 5 to 11, from COVID, when children are not impacted by COVID. Why? As always, follow the money. Follow the prophets. Follow the evil Pfizer, BioNTech, FDA cabal. This is making them all rich beyond their wildest imaginations. And your children, your children are the means to their inflated bank accounts. You put them in that line, I can tell you this. You and I can never be friends. It's 923. This is AM 1420, The Answer, right back. Download the free WHK mobile app and listen to your favorite WHK programs or podcasts on the go. It's free in your app store. Okay, 927, I've got much, much more on the um, forced vaccination of children by ignorant parents who have no earthly idea what they're doing with their kids. Uh, And if you are one of those parents taking your kids to get that shot, um, by all means, uh, call me. I want to talk. I want to listen. I want to hear your rationale. I want to hear your, your justification for letting your kid be experimented on by an organization that admits they have no idea whether it's safe or not. I want to hear this. Maybe you can change my mind. 216-901-0945. Let me get a call, though, from Jeff, who was on the phone with us yesterday when the show ended, and I asked him to go ahead and finish his thought today. And sure enough, he's right here in the first half hour. Jeff in Cleveland. Go ahead, sir. Good morning, Bob. How are you? I'm good, Jeff. Yeah, uh, great show. I just want to say, uh, going back to the uh, election of Justin Bibb and the issue 24 passage, yeah. But I I just want to just quickly mention that um, it's really due, all of this precipitated, the issue itself was not needed, but the issue, all of this precipitated due to the lack of leadership. And that recycling the same old folks over and over just didn't work. And I think we left off yesterday, I was saying, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Well, I think the reason Kevin Kelly lost was due to the fact that, yes, he was very experienced, but the whole system was broken, um, and I, I was very encouraged to hear Justin Bibb say that he was going to cut out some of the bureaucracy and red tape and make it easier to do business in the city of Cleveland. And I think that folks want new ideas. They're tired of just 
you know, if you keep doing the same thing over and over, people say that's the definition of insanity. And then leading to, I just wanted to touch on Virginia. I was so happy, elated, that Virginia voters uh, rejected the politics of division, the politics of fear, the the race baiting, and the lack of addressing the everyday uh, bread-and-butter issues that affect the livelihoods of people and put dollars into their pockets. And so I think it was just a great um, um, uh, election. Well, I'll tell you what. um, I'll respond to both those things real quick, and I thank you for the phone call, and then I'll get to our news so we can get to our first guest. I'll say this about, um, about Justin Bibb. I don't know how Justin Bibb is new ideas. I don't know how he's any different than Frank Jackson, to be quite frank, to be quite honest, rather. If there is a difference, it's a negative one, particularly as it pertains to uh, the issue of law and order, crime and punishment, deterrence and protection in the city of Cleveland. Justin Bibb openly and loudly campaigned for Issue 24 to essentially uh, drive police officers out of Cleveland. I don't know how that helps business. I don't know how that helps growth. I don't know how that helps anything in Cleveland. So, you know, Justin Bibb is 34 and a newcomer at all of this, and he'll be given his fair shake. But based on what he ran on, I don't see how this is great new ideas, number one. Number two, uh, you're a 1,000% right about what Virginia voters did. Virginia voters sent a huge, huge message to the divisive uh, Democrat Party that is trying to split people based on race, based on trans agendas, based on uh, family structures and so forth. They told them all to go pound sand. Very directly, they said, listen, we are families. We care. We have a say in our kids' education, and we do not want the division of the Democrats to be the norm. And that's in a blue Democrat state, no less. So I agree with you on that one, too, my friend. Thank you for the call. we got news now. We'll come back with Chris Long on AM 1420, The Answer. Social justice warriors, if you're looking for a safe space where your delicate ears won't be offended, this isn't it. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. Okay, 937, we continue on AM 1420, The Answer. I want to welcome to the program a good friend of the program and a good friend of the people of Northeast Ohio, as far as I'm concerned. He is the president of the Ohio Christian Alliance, Pastor Chris Long on AM 1420, The Answer. Good morning, Chris. How are you? Good morning, Bob. Good to be with you this morning. What a great service you are intending to provide to uh, tonight at, uh, at a very important event for people who just don't know what's going on as it pertains to vaccine mandates and whether or not there's a way out, whether or not there is something that they can do uh, to, to avoid having to, against their will, take this very precarious profit jab. And that's what I call these things. So tell us what you're hosting tonight, Chris. Well, first of all, let me thank you, Bob. I've been listening to the program for the last several weeks, and you've been covering this subject, and I appreciate the information you're providing to the general public because it's not easy to obtain. As you know and I know, social media and media at large has really run cover for the big uh, you know, pharmaceutical companies when it comes to the vaccine, the COVID-19 vaccine. And it's been very difficult to get information out to our people. So we've been holding these smaller group meetings to help people who cannot take the vaccine, either for religious, personal, or um, health reasons. 
and we are providing them information that they can file a religious exemption. Now, religious exemptions are being accepted uh, here at local area hospitals who have mandated the vaccine. I want to say something. You know, the renowned Cleveland Clinic in our own backyard very smartly chose not to mandate the vaccine along with university hospitals. I think that's very interesting and a very important point. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to make that point to the legislators down at the state house of why they need to move on legislation that would expand exemptions and really ban uh, these vaccine mandates. But uh, there's other interests involved there. We'll get to that in a minute. But, uh, you know, Cleveland Clinic, what have they said? They said, we can least afford to lose these health care workers over the vaccine mandate at a time we're going to need them most. No one denies that COVID is out there, that it's real, that people are being infected by it. But it seems at this point, it doesn't matter if you're vaccinated or unvaccinated, the breakthrough cases are maybe rivaling those who are unvaccinated. So everyone knows that now. We all, you know, it's funny, our governor said, and you remember this last year, we're going to get through this together. It's unfortunate how he stated and said there are now two Ohios. We called him out on that, by the way, some weeks ago when he said there's now two Ohios, the vaccinated and the unvaccinated. And we called him out. We said that's very unwise for the the leader of our state to state that, that he went against his own advisement. He didn't respond to us directly, but I can tell you that he quieted down of that kind of rhetoric thereafter because we don't need that from our leaders right now. What we need is an adult conversation in the general public of how we're going to get through this thing. So there are those who cannot take the vaccine, but being ter- they're being threatened of losing their employment. First, it was the hospitals, right, the various hospital groups yep. around Ohio. Not all, but some. And these were nurses who worked last year without a vaccine on the front lines of COVID. They were the heroes. This year, they were being shown the door if they didn't get the vaccine by a certain date. And so we helped a number of people locally to obtain uh, religious exemptions. Now, it's very simple. You don't need an attorney for this. And we're not a, uh, we're not a law group. We are a legal advocacy organization for uh, people of faith in the state of Ohio. We've had 30 years of history. I've been with the organization for the last 20. But if you'd asked me four months ago, how do you fill out a religious exemption form? I was pretty much in the dark like everybody else. Well, now we have real working knowledge on how to do this because my wife went through this. She's been an RN for 22 years. She was faced with uh, termination of an employment if she didn't be, get the jab, uh, the vaccine, and she was not going to take it. So uh, basically uh, she filed for religious exemption. But we're, what we're doing is giving people some very simple guidelines. Now tonight at 7 o'clock at the Nazarene Church in Wadsworth, that's on Route 94, the address is 743 High Street, Wadsworth, Ohio, 7 o'clock tonight. Myself and State Representative Scott Wiggum will be presenting. I'll be talking about religious exemptions. We'll have some material there for people, some handouts. Uh, the Liberty Council National Law Group has been very helpful uh, in this regard, and their, their law team. So we've been able to help folks uh, obtain religious exemptions, and it's very simple. You, again, In this regard, less is more. You don't have to become that detailed. You don't need to have the 95 thesis on your religious exemption form. It's really uh, advised that you become very simple because it's your statement of faith. You don't need your, your church's endorsement, your pastor's endorsement, or even your denomination's endorsement. It's your statement of faith. I kind of like that, Bob, because I'm going to tell you, I think for a lot of people, they need to have that moment of asking themselves, where do I stand in my faith? 
and you're a little bit like Daniel in the lion's den on this one. And so this is really an interesting moment for a lot of people. And I realize there are a lot of people sincerely and said, you know, I'm not going to take the religious exemption. I'm going to fight this another way. I absolutely respect that, and I agree with that. I think that uh, uh, medical exemptions ought to be expanded. Unfortunately, you need the aid of a doctor to attest to your medical exemption, and that's been hard for some people to obtain. The religious exemption is working because it basically comes down to your statement and your employer, if they question that, they can then be investigated by the feds. This is on employee uh, rights, basically, the 1964 Civil Rights Code. Peter Kersenauer, of course, could talk about that, the guest that you've had on many times, mm-hmm. well-versed in that regard. The 1964 Civil Rights Code, Title Seven. this is employee, basically, your religious rights. And that's what we're falling back on, on this one, for those who are not taking the vaccine but filing for an exemption. Uh, we are talking with Chris Long, the president of the Ohio Christian Alliance, about this very important event tonight to give more information. He's giving us a lot of it right now, but the, the details are going to be what's important tonight when uh, State Representative Scott Wiggum joins uh, Chris uh, at the Nazarene Church, as he said, in Wadsworth. And we'll hit that uh, location again in a moment here. But, Chris, you know, we, we have seen a lot of... Um, places that are mandating and many of them are private businesses that are mandating uh, uh vaccinations or big pharma profit shots as i call them because they're not actually vaccines uh but you know and they're saying you you do have an opportunity to present uh, a request for a religious exemption but these are almost being rubber stamped no and in fact i've seen uh, a couple examples of that um where there are federal contractors who are you know by 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 order of joe biden forced to make sure that they're uh, that everybody who works for a federal contractor is uh, is vaccinated uh they're they're applying for for religious exemptions chris and the they're getting form letters saying no which means they're not doing what the law says they must do which is evaluate each individual request for an exemption uh on its own basis on its own merits they're basically just stamping out the letter saying nope 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 so i think people who want to make a religious exemption request are probably feeling very defeated before they even start well, that, that, uh, thank you for that update, and, let, let's, and we're all working through this together, so let me explain. Our office has received calls from people who work with the TSA. Uh, we've been in contact with those who work with the USDA, those who work with Smucker's Corporations or, Corporation, or those who, uh, B&W is another one that's mandating down here in uh, Summit County, also uh, hospital groups, okay? So, and in fact, even Kent State University. So we have had people have been granted religious exemptions that work at Kent State University, uh, the hospital associations. Uh, We're still waiting to hear back as to what Smuckers is going to do. So far, it's just been their salaried uh, uh, personnel that has been mandated with the vaccine. They're trying to stay away from the pitfall of a union, and we know why now, because, of course, the, the power of the unions, right? So what is the Biden administration doing? They stepped this, they stepped forward with this, uh, step by step, using the power of the federal government, okay? And so that's where we saw uh, the definitely, first of all, federal employees, then federal contractors. Why did the airlines? Because the airlines took all that money and bailout money last year. They felt obligated, the CEOs did, and they announced that their own mandates. Well, they got blowback by the the pilots and the uh, you know stewardesses and the uh, mechanics unions and all that. So they had to roll that back. So this is... 
what we'd like to say in this instance, if you want your freedom, you're going to have to fight for it. So what's happening now with these federal employees? They're going to have to fight for it. They're going to have to file. So in other words, yeah, the administration is pushing as hard as they possibly can. It's like, you know, daring you to file a complaint with the EEOC. That is your right. If you are rejected of your religious exemption, you can then file with the U.S. Equal Employment Opportunities Commission. The three things that may, may happen then, uh, the administration process will take uh, three steps. They may choose to resolve the complaint between you and your employer. In this instance, it's the federal government. Number two, file a suit against your employer so they can actually do that on your behalf. Number three, uh, file a right to sue letter that clears the way for you to file a suit. Now, that's where Liberty Council says that's when we'll come in. Okay, and this is a nonprofit group. They don't charge for services. They can't take every case, but they may take your case uh, in the event that you are rejected of your religious exemption. And so you need to fight them. And so that's what we're telling people. You need to fight this thing. Don't go away. That's what they want you to do. They, you know, we, we need to turn around and, and hold the line, and we need to fight back against this ridiculous mandate and this tyranny against our individual rights. So people are getting accepted of their religious exemptions, especially in the private sector right now of some public institutions as hospitals. Why? Because they don't want the feds coming in investigating them as to why they were denying people's religious exemptions. So, again, keeping it simple is what is important. All this information is available on our website also at ohioca.org or just uh, search Ohio Christian Alliance. And right there on the top, you'll see the information. Click on a couple of those links which is also the Liberty Council information as well as to how to fill out a religious exemption. Now, Bob, so what do we make of today's announcement? January 4th is the new date of the companies nationwide. Is that what the Biden administration is saying? Well, they are, uh, Chris, um, and, and I saw that as well. But once again, an order has not been given. This is this is governing by press conference and governing by press release. Here's a new release. The Biden administration published, his, published its vaccine mandate for businesses on Thursday, setting a January 4th deadline in line with uh, health care workers and employees of federal contractors. The administration said it was on strong legal, legal grounds with the rule, etc., etc., etc. But Sending that out to the press and saying January 4th is the date does nothing from a legal standpoint. He has not issued an executive order. OSHA has not issued anything that has the force of law behind it. This is just telling everybody there's your deadline. And why? To scare employers into complying without an actual compliance order. In the same way, they tried to scare parents away from school board meetings by saying FBI's coming. Well, that FBI order was never actually given, and they never had any intention. This was a memorandum saying this is what we're going to do, all to scare parents away from school board meetings so that they'll stop pointing out all of the uh, horrific things that are going on in uh, in schools across the country. That's what this is, Chris. This is, and I'll ask you, this is my opinion, this is, this is an attempt to scare people into thing, saying there's a mandate when no such literal legal mandate has been given either by, via executive order or through, um, uh, through OSHA. Well, that's right, and there were 16 state attorney generals, Dave Yost was one of them, that signed on to a letter to the administration when they first made that announcement that they were going to mandate employers nationally that had 100 employees or greater that they were going to mandate the vaccine. Uh, that letter gave uh, was a shot across the bow and said, go ahead, make our day. In other words, we'll we'll see you in court if you do that. So they've been, like you said, 
sidestepping this all along the way, not actually issuing the order, seeing how many will voluntarily comply with the, the, their nonsense and silliness about this mandate of the vaccine. And I, unfortunately, there are businesses, and even here locally in Ohio, Northeast Ohio, that are forcing a vaccine mandate on their own, and they're actually creating great havoc within their own ranks and as a company. It doesn't even make business sense. You know, a lot of times we hear, uh, Bob, that, you know, well, that's business sense. Well, there's no sense about the, or logic about this at all because these are hardworking people committed to their companies and now being threatened with termination of employment over a vaccine that they can't take either for medical reasons, personal reasons, or religious reasons. And it doesn't make any sense to me. We are seeing our freedoms eroded before our very eyes. No question about it. Chris, I think it's a fantastic public service that you and Representative Wiggum are offering tonight. So for those who are feeling the pressure and who are going to feel the actual mandate or lose their job uh, to get one of these big pharma profit shots, um, if you want to know how to fill out a, a religious exemption and how you can actually use your faith, uh, properly to perhaps protect your liberty, your medical liberty, then you might want to attend this tonight. So it's uh, at the Nazarene Church in Wadsworth, 743 High Street. Um, if you want more information, it's ohioca.org, right, Chris? Ohioca.org. That's right. I appreciate it so much. Chris, thank you for coming on, and thank you, thank you for the work that you do, and please uh, give our best to Scott Wiggum as well. We're happy to help. Thank you. God bless. You, sir. God bless you, too. 952, that's important information. I hope it's valuable to you, and I hope you'll make use of it, particularly if you are out, you know, Medina County way. But it might be worth the drive, even if you're not, uh, to get this information. If you really need to know how to fill out a religious exemption and find out what your rights are, uh, then you may want to attend that important event tonight at 7. Right back after this. Okay, 9.56. Thanks so much for being with us. Thanks again to Pastor Chris Long. Don't forget, coming up after the top of the hour, we go to another faith leader. That's what I like to refer to Dr. Everett Piper as. He is uh, uh, an evangelical leader, and he is uh, he's tired of the censorship. He has been booted by Facebook for quoting Terry McAuliffe, the now-failed gubernatorial candidate in Virginia, and quoting Barack Obama, among others. He's gone on to Facebook and quoted them, and then while they don't get booted for saying those things, Dr. Piper gets booted for sharing those things. It's really quite remarkable what the left has done and what particularly the, uh, the, the, the big tech giants, the uh, social media overlords have done to silence the conservative point of view. And dare I say that what happened Tuesday night in Virginia, I think, was a bit of a referendum on that treatment. I, th- I really do. I mean, look, there's not a ton of conservatives in Virginia. Although if you look at that map, in terms of the widespread, you know, red counties that, that, you know, that, that carried the day, it looks like it's a hugely conservative state. But the vast majority of the populations, of course, are concentrated in, in a couple of counties, in Loudoun County and in Fairfax County and in Richmond, for example. Uh, so, you know, that's where the vast majority of them are. That's what makes it such a deep blue state. But I think that conservatives and, most importantly, centrists 
are the ones that came out on on Tuesday night to say enough of what is being done in this one-sided, hyper-partisan, you know, Joe Biden's America. In the Brandon world, uh, in the Brandon America, conservatives don't have a, a space. They don't have a, a place. They, they don't have any... any um, What's what's the right wording for this? Um, they, they don't deserve a seat at the table in Brandon's America. And that's what people push back against. Parents deserve a seat at the table when it comes to their education. You know, uh, police and first responders deserve a seat at the table when it comes to their own protection, their own safety, their own health decisions. Healthcare workers deserve that seat. And yes, conservative voices deserve to be heard, too. That's what tolerance is all about. And it's with that, I want to share this with you, at least a short piece or, uh, or, or uh, one of the, the clips that I have for you here. We talked much about the victory of uh, Glenn Youngkin over Terry McAuliffe in Virginia. We did not talk much about the first African-American female lieutenant governor in the state of Virginia, who is just an absolute joy. Winsome Sears is an American Marine veteran. She was born Jamaican. She became American, and she is a symbol of the American dream, a black woman rising to the second highest seat in the state of Virginia against the odds and shockingly to the sensibilities of liberals who say that Virginia clearly is racist for electing Glenn Youngkin. How are they racist for electing Glenn Youngkin, but not racist when they elect a black conservative Marine veteran like Winsome Sears? That what you are looking at is the American dream. The American dream. When my father came to this country, August 11th of 1963, he came at the height of the civil rights movement from Jamaica. He came and I said to him, but it was such a bad time for us, why did you come? And he said, because America was where the jobs and the opportunities were. Winsome Sears gave one of the most patriotic addresses in victory in the lieutenant governor's race in Virginia that I've heard in a very, very, very long time. And the fact that she is an African-American former Marine or retired Marine and a female rising up, and being elected to the second highest position in a blue state like Virginia, to me, is something that is just extraordinarily an extraordinarily proud moment for, for those of us who believe in opportunity. And it's such a terribly devastating moment for those who wish to deny it based on race. And that would be the Democrat Party. All right, 10 o'clock, news time now. We're going to come back and talk to Dr. Everett Piper on AM 1420, The Answer. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.